The final score, Crawley Town nil, Wrexham 1. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. Please like, subscribe, comment and celebrate an excellent win for Wrexham. This was um, significant in many ways. Our first win at Crawley at the fourth attempt. Our, a win which pulls us back into the playoff spots and just a four points off the top. And also, I think, a, a result which caps off an excellent week. The crew game, okay, two points dropped at home, but the spirit we showed, scoring three goals at ten men, made it feel like a win. But it's still only one point, isn't it? The draw at Mansfield, an excellent result, because Mansfield are very strong. But capping it off with an away win against Crawley, who came into the game in fifth place, really makes it a very, very strong week, doesn't it? Another draw, and you'd be thinking, yeah, three good performances, but three points out of nine. But now this just makes that perspective a little bit more positive. Only one change in the Wrexham side, and an interesting one, Ben Tozer, the rest is, which meant he missed his first ever league game for Wrexham. He played in the previous 100 league games for, match for Wrexham, the first one being his debut. So that run was broken. In came Owen O'Connell, who was very, very impressive. And of course, without young or Tozer, it meant we needed a new skipper. So Paul Mullen took the armband and Wrexham started very well. In fact, in the second minute, could have had a penalty. Short throw, yeah, short throw. It's incredible. From Tozer territory as well. Just felt wrong by George Evans, who put it into the feet of Mullin. Williams was a bit impetuous coming up behind him. Certainly made contact. Mullin went down to give the referee the decision. The decision was no, but yeah, it's hard to judge. There's some contact. You usually don't get those. Sometimes you do. So Wrexham don't get lucky there. But the pattern of the game established itself pretty quickly. Wrexham were looking good coming forwards. Palmer was very involved. Mullen was causing issues. And when Crawley had the ball, they were really looking to pass the ball out from the back. And we had a very clear pressing strategy. The two central strikers were covering the middle of the pitch, if you will, as the Crawley centre-backs were passing it around. But then Lee would sort of trigger the press by making a sprint up from midfield. And Wrexham were essentially closing off the right side of the pitch for Crawley by Lee stepping up there and opening up the other side of the pitch. Clearly, Wrexham thought they wanted Lawrence Maguire, brother of Harry, to be the out ball. They clearly thought he was the player who was least confident carrying the ball forward. So we allowed him a bit of leeway to come up the pitch. And it was an interesting game of cat and mouse. A lot of passing about at the back by Crawley, just trying to probe and find those spaces Ironically, although we were clearly allowing Maguire to come out, it was on the other side that the greatest threat was of Darcy, who was playing on the right, who was terrific for them. He threatened early on, getting around the back of the fence, drilling a tremendous strike across the face of goal. Nobody could get a touch on it, though. A player coming at the far post, Chirula, just couldn't reach it with a header. And then it was back to Wrexham, taking control in midfield. A lovely pass by George Evans, splitting the lines found Palmer who drove forwards and played it onto Lee and Lee running into the box into a great position but with defenders all round him hit a shot on the pivot from the right side about eight yards out which beat the keeper as he pulled it back but just put it wide of the post three minutes later though there was no reprieve another snappy passing movement again Wrexham having players in deep positions who are able to pass accurately paid off. O'Connell 
punching a terrific pass again to split the lines to pick out Lee on the left. He quickly helped her on first time to McLean, and McLean hit a cross, which was deflected kindly and spanned to Palmer, who was attacking the six-yard box just outside the near post. What a delicate flick by Palmer. Just glanced it on with his foot over the keeper and perfectly inside the far post. A magnificent goal by Palmer, and Wrexham had the lead. It should have been equal, though, a minute later. A remarkable move from the kickoff. It's clearly preconceived. But from the kickoff, they, Crawley worked a little triangle in the centre circle, and Henry chipped over the top for Danilo Orsi, a player with a good record of scoring against us in the National League. Orsi looks offside, but, you know, there's no conclusive angle on the footage to show that, and was totally clear. He got round the Conquo, but this is where the Conquo's excellent day begins. Conquo, despite the fact Orsi had burst past him, stayed on his feet, used that massive wingspan of his, lunged down, and as Orsi looked to slot it into an empty net, he dived and made a brilliant left-handed save. Campbell got to the rebound, and <clears throat> crowded by defenders, his first shot on the goal, with Conquo still trying to get back into position, was a mishit, but he latched onto his own mishit and hit another shot from six yards out, which flicked the top of the bar as it went over. A big, big miss. As was the next opportunity, which came after a good 20 minutes of the sides just jousting and probing without really creating much. Great run by Wright, who's the right-sided centre-back for Crawley, and he swung in a fabulous cross across the face of goal, finding Orsi six yards out, completely unmarked, but Conquo again did really well came charging out, got very close to Orsi and made himself big. And when a Conquo makes himself big, he's big. And Orsi just couldn't control what should have been a simple finish and put it over the bar. Wrexham then struck back with her own one-on-one, -on -one, a great ball over the top by James Jones. Mullin typically doing really well to get goal side of the last defender. The ball was bouncing really awkwardly for him. And I think, frankly, he did the best he possibly could by managing to get leverage on the ball and poke it towards the bottom right corner when it was about knee high. But Ade, at the other end, matching a Conquo, made a fabulous save. It looked like it was past him. He somehow lunged, stuck out a long left arm and pushed it clear. The closing stages belonged to Crawley as they pushed on for an equaliser. Maguire allowed that space on the left capitalised upon it with a tremendous defence-splitting pass to send Campbell clear on the back of the defence down the left. Orsi again unmarked in the middle. Campbell plays, quite frankly, the right ball, the perfect ball, drilling it in to Orsi, but a conquo. I mean, a conquo. Because he's got that huge reach, he's able to take a starting position up on the six-yard box when most keepers would be a little closer to their near post, the guard against a shot from a tight angle. And then because he does that and has that terrific, those terrific long limbs, he's then from that high up starting point able to lunge forwards and take the cross <laughs> as it drilled along the floor before Orsi could get anywhere near it. And wow, this guy, he's got some attributes, I'm telling you. In added time, there's another opportunity, a free kick on the edge of the box. Wright is very good on set pieces. And he drove the free kick past the wall, but Conquo got to his left and covered it comfortably. Second half, again, an opportunity for Woking. Chirula feeding it to Campbell, who, on the edge of the box, under pressure, tried a chip, but it was never quite going to come down in time. But then it became all Wrexham in a, in a 
absolutely harem scarum passage of play where, if I'm honest, I don't quite understand how we didn't score. 50th minute, McLean with a corner, sweeps it in under the bar. Palmer manages to get it between his markers and has a header from close range and just doesn't get proper contact on it or was maybe trying to look to glance at a cross goal when from that close in, he probably just needed to power it and take the shortest route. Anyway, it went wide and Palmer was gutted. He could see he knew that was a, a glorious chance. But more glorious chances would keep coming. Mendy doing well a couple of minutes later on the right-hand side to cut in, square it to Lee, typically Lee, scurrying across the edge of the D, pulled in a shot which was just wide of the right post. And within a minute, well, one of two incidents involving the endeavour of Paul Mullen. Firstly, Mullen robs Williams and sets up McLean on the edge of the box. He pulled his shot badly. He had a clear sight of goal. The defender was coming across, but it was a real opportunity but he pulled it badly and put it wide. But then from the goal kick, they tried to bring the ball back out, and Mullin again intervened, tackling on the edge of the Crawley area to set up Palmer, who hit a shot, good save by Ade to repel it. After an hour, Phil Parkinson made his first change, and it was a fateful one. Mendy pulled up with a what looked like a, a hamstring injury after chasing down the flank. He had to stretch to keep the ball in, and then chased it and had to pull up um, Phil Parkson, rather pessimistic after the final whistle, although Mendy was quite cheerful in the car park. Cannon came on, but six minutes later, he was off the pitch because, well, a, a driving run by Campbell, well, first by Darcy, beg your pardon, cutting in from the right-hand side. O'Connor came across to cover. It all smacked a little bit of panic. O'Connor came across, seemed to have robbed him, but then sort of overran it and lost control of the ball. Campbell was coming in to pick up the loose ball. Cannon had run past O'Connor. It was wild. It was like Keystone Cops in the opposite direction. And then had to stop and turn back again, finds Campbell's latch onto the ball, hurled himself in over the ball and took Campbell out. It's a red card, no question. And, you know, there's been talk that the referee went immediately to his pocket for the yellow. Well, I've got to be honest, I see no problem with that. The ref's immediately thinking that's a foul, goes for his yellow, but then thinks, hold on a second, I'm giving myself a little more thinking time because that was bad and realises and gives the red card. And to be honest, he got the decision right. So we can't really complain about that. So Wrexham down to 10 men. And James Jones's six-minute stint as a right wing-back replacing Mendy was over because we went to a 4-4-1. Jones playing all over the pitch. Not just in the usual way, because he always plays all over the pitch, but being shifted from position to position. Now found himself in the middle of a 4-4-1. And Wrexham again had a battle to survive. Fletcher came on for Palmer to give a bit more fresh legs in the 68th minute. And we found ourselves digging in and having to defend. But we defended well. Campbell caused problems, cutting in from the left and drilling a 25-yard just wide. Conquo looked to have it covered. Then Hayden lunged in and committed a foul just outside the box after an error had left him exposed. And it was just outside the box. The referee was very adamant and correct in racing up and pointing to the exact spot. Oh, by the way, if you're looking at the stats, um, supposedly we got five yellow cards, which is the most since, wait for it, pre-COVID days, that 2-0 win at Bromley when Ponticelli and Keeler Dunn scored. That's the last time we've had five yellow cards. But actually, that stat is wrong. Hayden got booked for that challenge. Definitely, I've gone back and checked it. So we actually had six yellow cards and a red in this match. 
Um, hmm. So free kick right on the edge, but the free kick itself was ripped just over the bar by Henry and Wrexham were able to survive. And then after that, well, there was one more dangerous moment for Crawley, really. Lolos cutting in and hitting the shot on the edge of the area across the goal, but wise, again, from outside the box. And actually, the latter stages, Wrexham saw out very well. By this point, we'd also brought on Tunnycliffe and Jordan Davis for Mullin and Lee, and has further solidified the team. And Davis actually made a huge contribution in this short time on the pitch. In the 88th minute, he nearly got a goal, picking the ball up, hitting a fabulous, swerving, wobbling shot from 25 yards in a day, did well to readjust and push the ball away. And then with the last kick of the match, as it turned out, we nearly got something incredible from Fletcher. The ball cleared by Wrexham down the left flank. Two players jumped for it and missed it. Fletcher was surely unsighted by them because he was standing right behind them. And yet, as the ball looked to be going out of play, took an amazing first touch to bring it down. And then immediately hit it from, what, 45 yards out on the left flank over the keeper. Beat him. And luckily, a bit too much on it, and it went over the bar. But what an absolutely brilliant effort. And the ref blew the final whistle then, as if he was just thinking, well, you know, you can't beat that, can you? Let's, let's stop it. And Wrexham had a superb win. And I've got to say, the celebrations really, I think, spoke volumes. The players are always animated going to the away fans, but they really looked delighted. Parkinson looked very excited too. And afterwards, all the coaching staff were lining up to hug each player in turn. They knew that after last Saturday playing with 10 men, they had got another really impressive result by all sticking together. Absolutely tremendous spirit by the Wrexham team. And I'm going to say we deserved it. Crawley had a hell of a lot more possession than us. Um, I think it was in the 60s, 60%, 64 or something. But we made, I'd say, more of it, apart from those two big chances in the first half, when they should have scored straight away from the restart and the one for Orsi. Those were big chances, but Wrexham made more penalty area chances. We defended well with both three at the back and four at the back and kept them at arm's length. Lots of shots from outside the box. You have confidence that Oconco is going to deal with that. And it was a good, tight, disciplined performance, I thought, by Wrexham. When we didn't have the ball, we didn't panic. We just stuck to our roles. The one time maybe that we really wildly and obviously didn't was the red card. But again, you know, tiring week. We threw a lot into that and we got a great reward. Looking through the performances, a Conquo, tremendous, absolutely tremendous control of the box. Came for a very good punch as well in the uh, first half. And yeah, just he looks like a keeper, doesn't he? <laughs> Fair play. The centre-backs all did well. O'Connor was very steady on the left-hand side. Didn't get that much chance to really bring the ball forwards, but he certainly wasn't troubled in the middle. O'Connell, an excellent first game for a while. Did really well. Towering figure. Played some good passes out of the back and carried the ball out from the back to relieve pressure. And then on the other side, Hayden, absolutely fabulous. So Paul Jones, commentating with me, gave Hayden the man of the match. And yes, absolutely. It was a two-horse race for me, and Hayden was one of, one of those horses. Um, there's a T-shirt. Uh, Hayden did very well. He was repelling so much. Great tackling. Spectacular heading, as always. He had a very, very good game. Mendy did well on the right as well. Again, he's having to play inside out on the wrong side. But he was solid enough defensively. Or Charula did have, gave him some problems. He picked up a yellow, as well, most people did, didn't they? Um, 
but he still managed to to deal with Churilla pretty well until that unfortunate injury he picked up. On the other side, McLean was a bit troubled in the first half, I thought. was not really sort of dealing with Darcy in quite the way I'd like. In the second half, did a lot better. One, two or three excellent one-on-one tackles when we were a player down. And he was actually playing at left-back rather than left-wing-back. And won a couple of great tackles when he was left exposed. So fair play to him, plus an assist for the goal. Um, so a decent performance by him. In midfield, Evans again won his fair share of challenges. Used the ball intelligently. He protects the ball well. So another good, pleasing performance by him. James Jones was my other contender for man of the match. My word, he was everywhere. Played some probing passes too. And Lee on the other side, again, got off a couple of decent shots just off target. Again, didn't quite influence the game as he'd like to creatively. But again, put in an absolutely superb shift, protecting the penalty area when we didn't have the ball. And up front, Palmer, excellent, excellent, excellent. Really did well, very, very threatening. Strong, holding the ball up, coming back and helping in defence. Palmer was terrific. Mullen was excellent as well. He don't think he could have done any more with that one-on-one chance, and he set up a lot of great opportunities. So uh, really good stuff. And then looking at the subs, well, I'm afraid Cannon didn't contribute much before he was off the pitch. Uh, as for the other ones, like I say, the, the, the Fletcher, Wow, I mean, what a good player to have when you're in the league late on with 10 men anyway, because he holds the ball up so well. He's so clever with it. And he also, as ever, won headers and tried that outrageous shot. Fabulous to watch. Uh, Tony Cliff was solid coming back into the team against his old club. And in a short space of time, Jordan Davis was deeply impressive. So good stuff. Very enjoyable. A big, big win. We show in the last week that we can dig in and fight when we have to and we can tear into teams even with 10 men so very satisfying week for Wrexham and now I'm off to see Wrexham play Cardiff City at The Rock with the final score of Crawley Town nil Wrexham 1 I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham Football Club <laughs>